zone1radio.com Coming up on Zone 1 Digest In good taste, look at some forgotten foods that we don't seem to eat anymore Personally, I think there's a good reason we don't uh-huh. Which has recently actually been overtaken by the Wild War because that's one of our newer, our newer products Into the mix, talk to Canadian remixer Moez or however it's pronounced so I think it's it's the passion that goes into listening a set of vocals and going, wow, I could totally change this and add this sound and totally make it into a different genre or a different style of music. And some cars driving and going whoosh on Zone 1 Radio's Motorsport Show. Autosport Editor-in-Chief Andy Vandenberg uh, is there at the moment, trackside at the Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida, with one bright pink sunburnt arm and a belly full of cola. It's cheesy, it's eclectic, this is Zone 1 Digest. And this I know, his teeth as white as snow. What a gas it was to see him. Walk her every day into a shady place. With her lips she said,
listeners, this is Zone 1 Digest, the best of the week on Zone 1 Radio. It's a lovely little gathering of clips hosted by a spiteful little man named Stuart Hardy, who's just jealous that he doesn't have the talent required to make the shows that he makes fun of. I'm Stuart, and let me get the ball rolling with one of Zone 1 Radio's most popular shows, In Good Taste, who this week presented us with Forgotten Foods of Britain, things that we just don't seem to eat anymore, but traditionally, they were very popular. Wild boar, wood pigeon... Personally, I think there's a very good reason that we don't eat these animals anymore. I mean, potted rabbit? It's a bunny rabbit in good taste. You, you'd eat a fluffy little bunny rabbit? Look, look, it's a bunny rabbit. In fact, look at the bunny rabbit in this show's artwork and ask, would you eat that? Please, in good taste, please don't eat me. Facebook.com slash radio. Potting meat was once a great British art. Before the invention of the fridge, it was a popular way of preserving meat and fish, but now it's often dismissed as poor man's pate. However, the Potting Game Company is pioneering its return to fashion, with their award-winning products appearing in Selfridges and Fordham and Masons. I caught up with Jemima, one of the founders at the BBC Good Food Show. My name is Jemima Palmer-Tompkinson, and I own the Potted Game Company. Mm-hmm. And could you tell me a bit about the business? Uh, well, we're based in Gloucestershire, um, so obviously the game isn't local to London, but um, everything is sourced within 20, 30 miles of our kitchen. There's a lot of big commercial shoots around us, and instead of the game being shipped off to Europe, as is so often the case, uh, we try and keep it in the country and get sort of um, people more interested in it. Why do you think more people should eat game? Because it's sustainable. Um, it's until you put butter on it, pretty healthy for you. Um, it's not, you know, it's not intensively farmed. It's not stuff full of antibiotics, and it's just, it's, it's you know, it's pr- typical British produce, and it's going wasted. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is actually going wasted. What is potting? How do you do it? Potting is an old British preserving technique. We hand cut the meat to retain its sort of texture and, and meatiness, and uh, and it's sealed in a layer of clarified butter. So it is similar to a pate, but um, rougher than that. But it, yeah, it's coarse texture, and also with so many pates these days, they're stuffed full of pork, and you don't know what's in them. And at least with these, you can see and feel what you're eating, which is important. To us. Absolutely. So, what's your personal favourite? I I quite like a short something strong, so I like the, the wood pigeon, uh-huh. which has recently actually been overtaken by the wild boar because that's one of our newer our newer products. Right. But they've got great, good gamey flavour.
icons don't are not they're scared of trying new things. Exactly. And game, especially game, used to be our staple staple diet, and it sort of got lost along the way with a chicken Kiev. Yeah. And, uh, and it's mercifully. And it's sad because if you look around here, I mean, there's so many great producers, but it's it's just difficult because people aren't spending that much money. And people aren't adventurous. So no, they people. I mean, but then again, okay, in Borough Market, we're opposite an olive stand, and 20 years ago, no one would eat an olive. And now people go look at us and they're like, oh, that looks interesting. They're like, olives. Oh, we like, we know olives. We go to olives. And so it's just a learning, it's just an educational process. Have you got anything you want to say to people who might be thinking of trying? Just give it a try because you never know until you try. And this game, it's not under one thing. There's so many different types to suit every palate. Strong, delicate, uh, sweet. Just go for it and because you, you never know until you try it. Thank you very much. Hello listeners, this is Zone 1 Digest and that's all this week on Zone 1 Digest. I'd like to thank the makers of the shows that I played for bowing to my whims and making them so I didn't need to bother myself. Now go my minions, make me more shows. Anyway, we're going to finish on London GP, hosted by Matthew Layton, in which he systematically annoys Autosport Editor-in-Chief Andy Vanderberg with questions and opinions that he doesn't actually hold but knows that Andy will take issue with, which creates fun, fun listening. This week, Andy was at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona in Florida, and Matthew shows his stunning prowess at annoying Andy from long distances. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned to all the great content every week on Zone1Radio.com. This week, something that seems to be becoming a Zone 1 Radio tradition. The Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona is always the year's first major North American motorsports event. Autosport Editor-in-Chief Andy Vanderberg uh, is there at the moment, trackside at the Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida, with one bright pink sunburnt arm and a belly full of cola. This is Letter from the Editor. Hello. Hello, how are you? Very good, how are you? Uh, I have cause to say thank you. Um, the most, the top 50 most popular talk cloudcasts on Mixclouds were announced yesterday and, and uh, we came in at number 26 with our BBC Formula One special where you chose Smokey Robinson for your mum. So, what was uh, what was the rally above us? Uh, can't remember, but I'm also the number 29 most popular talk podcast from the world. I revel in that new title. I'm only 17 places behind Dave Gorman, so you know, something to aim for. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was wondering if it was going to be our, our test match special to our commode and uh, Mayo with entertainment. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think we need we need a rival. Well, the great thing, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Dave Gorman, I have, I have him in my sights. I think that's that's probably probably that's probably ambitious enough. Yeah, the big. Yeah, we'll Google whack him out of his place. He's he's like us, but funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where exactly are you? I'm in the um, media restaurant at the track. That's why you might be able to hear people uh, dispensing coke behind me. Uh, is is it lots of caffeinated sugary drinks? Yep. Because obviously Daytona is, is great, but I've always wondered, even though you're the greatest motorsport fanatic in the world, um, do you stay up? Are you there at 2 o'clock in the morning? No. Um, they have a fireworks display at 11, and I shall stay for that, and then I shall leave. 
and I'll be back about eight or nine in the morning. Okay. Uh, tell us how. I, 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 don't, I don't see the. Anyway, no, I was going to say, t- t- you don't see the point. Were you going to say? Yeah, I'm just measuring yourself out because it, it's very little's ever decided then, unless somebody breaks down. It's, it tends to be in the, in the last sort of four hours where you know the real real stuff happens. So, so come in nice and refreshed. Paint us a picture with words. What can you see? How is it? I'm a, 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 in a sunny, balmy uh, Daytona where there's uh, a lot of um, fans milling around. Um, they tend to be a, a different sort of fan that you get for the Daytona 24. These are a road racing fans, so they have uh, arms covered in uh, posters and things that they want to get their drivers to, to, to sign. And they're incredibly knowledgeable. You know, they can they can spot a Joey Hand or or uh, you know a Jordan King or someone like that from a from a, from a good distance, and then and they know the, the person they're, they're after. So um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, Daytona does. I, I was actually saying to uh, a fellow journalist uh, earlier today that the people from Silverstone should come up here and they should have a look at this fan zone. Basically, they have this uh, paved area where there's a there's a stage, there's a couple of bars on either side, and then there's also merchandise in places, and it's where. You know, the fans will hang out about an hour ago. There was this big autograph session where every single driver was, was sat around there. And there's this enormous orderly queue and they all went round. And 45 minutes it went on for, 45 minutes. And uh, it's just it's just fantastic. And it is literally built for the fans. You know, there's, there's no extra charge or anything like that. You come in, you've got your centre pass and you, and you mingle with the drivers. It's brilliant. And you know what you said it as well? There was, there's a fireworks display. It's a, they have a slightly more show-busy attitude to motorsport in general, the Americans, don't they? They do, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a big, um, it's a sort of a, a mini theme park. It's got a little big wheel and that's lit up with these lights and they change colour and, you know, and, and then, yeah, 11 o'clock, there's this uh, great fireworks display on top of the big grandstands, which is really high up there. I, mean, I think it holds about... 150,000 people it's absolutely vast and uh, yeah it's quite spectacular it's, um, and uh, it just it, because unlike Le Mans which is an enormous track out in the, in the countryside and people all dotted around here everyone's camped in the middle so while the grandstands look empty it's because they are because that's because everyone's in the middle so they're, they're all in the in the inside where the cars go through the sort of twisty bits watching them there and they're brilliant you know they're there barbecuing and drinking beer till four or five in the morning or whatever I don't think they stop to be honest and uh, yeah it's great it's got, it's got a, a completely different atmosphere but a really nice one well I think as we've discussed before uh, on this show you can drink American beer till five in the morning because it's weak piss <laughs> it, it, it is yeah you need to make sure you've, you've worked out where the toilet is <laughs> <laughs> cool are there any Brits racing this year? Uh, the, oh about Three dozen. They're just they're, they're literally everywhere. But the the one with the best chance of winning is uh, Dario Franchitti. He's in the Mickey car that's starting from pole position. Scott Pruitt's put it on pole. Uh, they got BMW engines. They got a bit of advantage over the others. But um, other other Brits in with a chance. Alan McNish, Ollie Gavin, uh, Richard Westbrook, uh, Anthony Davidson. You know, there's, there's, there's some good names in, in some good cars. So I think there's a, a reasonable chance of a bit of British bit of British success. Have you seen that? I have, yeah, he's all right. He, um, is he on good he, form? Is he? It's his, first race, it's his first race since he's back from the back injury, so uh, he's looking forward to it. He's a little bit, uh, a little bit rusty, but you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how he gets on. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we wish him well. So-